CabanaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. I should have known that. I really should. I just. How did I not see. How did I walk into that? It was like a pitfall trap. You had like one mana open and I attacked with one creature. Onto a. On, on, I don't know what a pitfall trap is. So you clearly have not been doing ZZW drafts on Magic no. Online like so. I have at the palatial Marshall Sutcliffe estate. Well, what Brian's saying is so I'm sitting here waiting for him, which is unusual. Usually he's sitting around waiting for me. And he's like, hey, what are you reading? So I <laughs> Yeah, so he, he just read. <laughs> he just he, read it. Read yeah. it. <laughs> I can't read that. You have to read it. Only. So Brian asked me what I'm reading, and I said, I'm reading a. An Alexander Hayne quote about winning the Pro Tour. And he's like, really? What is it? You read it. To prepare for my miraculous victory at Pro Tour Avacyn Restored, I began without touching a single card. I read tons of Mike Flores articles on mindset and theory. The idea of a product where Mike gives you day after day of mindset changing advice seems like an extremely valuable resource that any aspiring pro could take advantage of. Any is all in caps, too. You like that? (laughs) Was I supposed to be like, any Any aspiring pro? Yeah, so. I just walked right into that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was really like a pitfall trap. It was like a Zendikar Zendikar Limited. (laughs) So, yeah, that's a real quote, though. That's the best. (laughs) That's pretty good. That's That's a great quote. Yeah, so, um. Uh, Alexander Hain is is uh, in the news this week. Yeah, I just uh, interviewed him for my column this week because uh, he won uh, Grand Prix Vancouver playing, I guess, a Tomohara site. Yeah, he's playing Saito's Blue White. Same deck as KYT. KYT was 11. No, oh K- KYT was playing Mono Black. I thought he was playing Blue no, White. KYT played Mono Black. He played Rats. Really? Yeah. That's why it was 11th, I guess. I get, was he on the same deck as Stern? I think Those so. guys are all yeah, like yeah, attached yeah, yeah. to the pelvis, right? Yeah. So, so um, have you heard the rumor that Alexander Hain and all of his face-to-face games teammates are in a container right in now. a shipping container, a cargo container on a like cargo ship a on a slow boat, boat to, to Spain? Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. heard this rumor because you started it. That is correct. <laughs> so I've heard the rumor. <laughs> <laughs> I know where the rumor originated. Uh, so both of those things are the case. So anyway, Alexander Hain in the news. So is. I, I'm going to put this thing out there, and it's probably going to shoot it down, but I, I think it's actually worth debating. I, Alexander Hayne, best player in the world right now? Uh, I, would, I would certainly say of the elite. Of elite Canadian of, players. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, of elite Canadian players from the West Coast. Of, you know, no, no. Uh, of, of the sort of elite class of players that he's been in the last yeah. two years, just in terms of like gold platinum, I would say that he is the most improved player. Over these two years. Really? Because I don't see him as being improved. I mean, he started off as world championship competitor, rookie of the year, pro tour champion. Sure. What he's been doing lately is way lower than that. Well, you except, think his except, play quality is better, though. I, I think his, I think, and I think he believes that also just from talking to him, that he's just like, he's, he said he's in a place where he sees more of his mistakes. Yeah. He's like, I just see so many more of my play mistakes now. He's like, I don't know that I'm making more. Yeah. But I think I'm making fewer and seeing more. Like, he's just more aware of himself. I, and I, That's I a you. very Tom Martell sort of thing. So I interviewed Tom a few months ago, and Tom said that it, it was a shocking answer to me. It was, I think, 11 years after his first Pro Tour, and sometime after he made a Grand Prix Top 8. He didn't even start playing well until Pro Tour Paris. 
Right. Which is insane, right? Because he's been one of the best players, like, clearly one of the best players in the world for the last three years. And um, it, I mean, you could actually make an argument that he's been the best player. the best player for the last three. I mean, you can make you can certainly make a very compelling I mean, statistical argument for that. Tom and John would both agree with you. John thinks that Tom is the best yeah. player. Yeah. And on in on tables anyway. And we know who Tom thinks. Yeah, like, Tom clearly <laughs> thinks this thing. I, I mean, like, so do you ever play the gun? So we're just saying the last two, the last two GP winners in North America. Uh, I mean, like these are pretty good, but it, but it's interesting to note that, right? Like, I mean, just when you see like both formats, yeah. the the draft format and the standard format are super mature, right? They're at their sort of like the most mature state they're going to oh, so be. This at. is not a tech edge thing. This is like you're out executing Correct. time. So yes, this is this is where you know you know your plan, you know your backup plan, you know what your opponents are doing. You just you know, you're you're controlling the flow, the ebb and flow of information. So, I, I was a, uh, I was with Tom a few months ago, and we were at Patrick Chapin's wedding. I think when this happened, and there's like, uh, all the best punch players of all time are pretty much all there. Yeah. And we play like you, you you play these games. You guys at home, I don't know if you play these games, but we play a game where we like put two fingers up, stick like a fake gun to somebody's head, and yeah. be like, be like, all right, there's a gun, there's a gun to your head. You got to pick your three man team for draft. <laughs> Who's playing for your life, you know? And then the question's like... Do you have to be on your own team? No, you don't have to. Be Thank <laughs> God, right? So it's like, current values are all time, right? So it's like, current values are all time. So it's like, like negotiating yeah, with a gun to like, your head. Yeah, go negotiate with like, like, You have to pick players in this room. You're like, all time. It's just like, draft teams? Uh, John, Huey, Bob? <laughs> Pretty good room, right? And then, like, Tom's like, current values. I'm like, uh, I don't know, like, Raptor, Efro. And Tom's like, come on, man! Come on! Are you really? John would have put me on his current values. Come on, man! You can see this, right? Yo, He's like, Efro! And I'm like, oh, Efro, Huey, Ben Stark are all in this room. I literally went, I literally went, Efro. Wait, you don't pick Efro? Gun to your head. I, I, it's, I, you, you, I think that. Are you leaving the players you don't pick in the pool to play against your oh, team? Oh shit, that's bad. <laughs> you just gotta hate draft John, right? Like it's like, like I don't care how bad he's drafting right now. <laughs> you just gotta hate draft John Finkel. <laughs> he's, he's too dangerous a weapon to be out there. Yeah, Becker would never pass a Finkel. Oh, you can't. Pass and he'd play a four-man team. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> Three-man teams. Yeah, I couldn't cut like, one. I couldn't cut couldn't one. Couldn't cut one. <laughs> and he's also on the no pass list, right? Finkels are on the no pass list. He's like, he's like, eh. Four minutes, which is also the same as the minimum toughness of, of the creatures on his team. Yes. <laughs> no creatures of toughness less than four. Um, but anyway, yeah, so Tom's really fantastic. I, I think, I, I don't personally think Hayne is the best player in the world right now. No. But he's, I, I think it's worth he, an interesting conversation. He, he has certainly, I, 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 I don't want to say players were dismissive, but I, I don't, I think, you know, that, that a lot of the, the, uh, Heraldry around his win in Barcelona and sort of like look at all the stuff he's accomplished. So exciting! It's an exciting win, but I don't think people felt like maybe you know. I mean, someone wins a pro tour and you've never really heard of them before. Yeah. I mean, we'd heard of him before he finished second at Grand Prix Montreal, and you know, oh, but you know about Rich him because Hohen of the Canadian media, Hohen, not and Rich, because of and Rich Owen had a lot of nice things yeah. to say about him, and but you know, I think a lot of people were like, well, you know. You know, all right, kid, you got a fastball. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, can you throw a curve? Can you throw a slider? Can you get through the ninth? You know, can you do all these other things? Can you stay on the tour? You know, 
I guess and, the answer is yes. Yeah, the answer is yes. I mean, he's just playing. And right now, I mean, first of all, he's won three of his last seven GPs. That's what I was going to say. The dude is insane. And the reason he's that, won three GPs in six months. The reason I thought it was interesting to say is because we remember when um, when uh, Levy won back to back extended GPs. People were like, "Oh, is Levy the best player in the world?" You know, like. And I, I don't think the answer was yes, but winning back-to-back GPs is insane. Winning three GPs out of seven is more insane than winning it's, back-to-back it's, it's GPs. It's ridiculous. Also, worth in multiple multiple formats. That's go the go thing. back to our discussion about card of the year. Yeah. And we were talking about Sphinx's Revelation a lot. A lot of arguments. Yeah, that's about pretty it. good. Pretty, pretty good. good. But you were you were not like a, a huge Sphinx's. I'm still guy. not on a Sphinx's Rev you, for so, card of the year. Do you know how many? So taking worlds out of the equation. Yeah. Do you know how many single format events Sphinx's Revelation has won? No. Two. Wow, that's not very many. And do you know who won both of them? Alexander Haynes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, both, both, both. Oh, because you, you got to take Shahar out of the equation. You got to take right Shahar out. Yeah, yeah. It's it, so like, oh, my narrative doesn't work if Shahar is in it. So. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's single format. Single yeah, format. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Worlds is multiple formats. Yeah. But, I mean, Al- Alexander Hain, two, two standard, is the only person to win a single format standard event. Like yeah, a standard I mean, format like, major with uh, being a GP or a PT. Because if, 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 if instead I say, you know how many single format events Night Vale Spectre is in one of them? You're like, oh, well, I can't, I don't have enough fingers. To <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I certainly don't have enough pips. Yeah. So Night Vale Spectre, I remember when I came out, I was so excited. I'm just, then I, my, my conclusion was like, this card's just worse than Vampire Hex Mage, which is true. Right? But now it's, it's uh, best creature in standard. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it's, clear certainly, yes. it's certainly right up there, yeah. I mean, clear yes. It's, can't count Elspeth. No. Elspeth is not a creature. Okay, fine. Then right. I, I think I think it is. I mean, it's kind of. I think it's the best. Yeah. You think it's better than Packrat as an yeah. individual creature? I mean, no question. Packrat's been pretty. Uh, Packrat gets sided out all the time. Ooh. We didn't see a lot of that this weekend. I mean, we didn't see it get cited out a whole lot. It's yeah, it's it's good against it's good against decks that don't have any point removal. I mean, Hain's deck has. I mean, I guess it has last breath, right? Yeah. There's not a lot of point removal though. I mean, it's really good against your opponent has no point removal. Pack rat makes some guys gets in there and it gets. I guess it gets wrath. It's just bad against. <laughs> God, no. Yeah. I mean, what decks is it good against versus bad against? It's awesome in mono black mirror, right? Right. Best card in the mirror. Second best card in the mirror. What do you think is the best card? Thoughtseize. Maybe the third best card in the mirror. Thoughtseize. Underworld Connections. Packrat beats Underworld Connections in a race. But they work so well together. They're like best friends. You know, like, if I have four lands and Underworld Connections is a Packrat, I don't need to draw any more cards. But I will. It was interesting. There was in the... In the quarterfinals of the GP, did you watch any of the coverage? I didn't watch this game. Okay. Matt, Matt Sperling, who... Gone. God, Matt Sperling. Who, who went on a tear, and he just tore through the Swiss field. Um, Lock and Keith convert fan. Oh, yeah. Sperling. Oh, yeah, he's like... He, he tweeted at me, the, uh, the artist. Yeah. Gabriel, I saw. He yeah. didn't. He didn't tweet back when I said. I don't know. Yeah. He he talks to me all the time. Yeah, like, comments okay. on my blogs. Right, right. Of course, all I do is say nice things about. Yeah, him. yeah. Like I mean, how hard is that? Right. I I tweet back to people who say, "Oh, Mike, your 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 latest article is so good. Your deck is so great. You're so handsome." Yeah. Nobody says that I'm handsome except my mom. I was just gonna say, "Oh, you tweet back at your mom. That's yeah. nice." My mom says it. Um. All right. So. Just back up. So Sperling, he's playing. He's uh, straight mono by control. He's thought seized his opponent. He knows his opponent's hand. He on I guess it was turn three or turn four. Basically, his opponent's played a pack rat. Yeah, three mana, one mana up. It's his turn. He can either 
uh, murder, hero's downfall, the pack rat, or, or play underworld connections. What do you do? Um, I don't know what the rest of the consistency of his hand is. It's likely like his that, opponent. His opponent doesn't really have anything else going on. Yeah, I would likely, but it's just going to go into pack rat. I would likely murder the pack rat. Yeah, and that kid, I, would, yes. I would likely do that. I don't not knowing the exact situation. Right. Yeah, I mean, is that what Matt did? No, no, he no. He, he played the underworld connection. He ended up getting like outraced by the rat. Like, yeah, the, the rat, rat killed the, him. The rat just killed him. The rat just yeah infested him. Yeah, I mean, you gotta if your opponent has nothing else, you gotta. I just wasn't, and it seemed close, right? It seemed like certainly like he was able to just yeah. mount. This was really there a mutable? Uh, there might have been two mutables. The, the problem is the the mutable throws off the race. Yeah. On the last turn, especially, then the rats get like you don't you do the math and then you're like, oh, it's only going to be six, and then all of a sudden it's eleven or something. You're yeah. like, wait, six and eleven are way different numbers. Like, yeah, but this mutable is pumping all the rats that are in play. Yeah, yeah. So I, I've been in that situation, yeah. and the mutables throw off the map. Even if like the mutables don't attack. All they do is like tap to activate themselves. Then like boom, all these rats. Like it's 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 you know multiple amounts of damage. Not just plus one plus yeah, one. Yeah. It's plus one plus one times as many bodies as you've got. What what, what do you think about the the, the, the two different blue white decks that were floating around? Like the the sort of elixir of immortality. So like the Saito version versus the Kunio version. Yeah, that's basically what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my heart. It, this is this is a Spurs versus Caps thing. Okay, <laughs> my heart is with the Kunio version. And Dan Gilbert. <laughs> My head is with the Saito version and R.J. Buford. Okay? Okay. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. I love the cast. I, I, I read big, every... Big game tonight for us. So tonight, Nick's... I, you know, we this talked is, about going, I know but I have to babysit I've been, so, I've been so busy. Babysit my children. I just, I just started a job. I've been slammed. But we could just go to the garden. We could just go. My wife would kill me. If this, there's no way the game is sold out, right? No, no, no. There's no way. We could get shitty seats. <laughs> <laughs> there's no good seats in this game, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Pelican store part of the Cavs, is, it's, it's kind of unfair because Veraja was out with his knee injury. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, of course Anthony Davis went off, right? I'm like, Veraja, this, this just wouldn't have happened, you yeah, know? Yeah. But he wasn't there. So Anthony Bennett had a great game. Did he? 15 points on 10 shots. Ooh. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's an all-star game for him. Yeah. <laughs> That's half the points he scored all coming, year. Coming around. Don't don't give me hope. <laughs> I mean, it's close. It's a close race between the Knicks and the Cavs. We're only what, like two and a half games ahead of you? We're two and a half games out of the eighth, so we can't be that. So then maybe it's a game and a half. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Close. It's pretty close. Yeah, but you, you know, Melo had two good games in a row, right? Uh, he's had he's had a lot. He's had a lot of good games in a row. I mean, he's he's, oh he's actually playing. He's actually playing like. Like, a lot of times, like, a lot of stuff he's doing, like, it doesn't show up on this, even the stats line. Like, he's doing a lot of passing to the assist. Do you, do you, like, know, you know what I was watching today? Is that, that game was insane, though. The you know what I was watching The 62-point game by Mello? I was watching Andre Bar- Bargnani defense gifts today. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the best one. He's standing, on the, he's standing next to the key, and some, like, wing player, I don't remember what team, just blows by him. And he just looks incredulously at J.R. Smith. Like, Jared Smith's guarding, like, the corner three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, why didn't you chase this guy into the, into the key, right? Where, like, he's correctly covering the man so, so he doesn't, you know, so they don't get a three drain. And he just stands there. It's like, Jared Smith's like, because you're seven feet tall and you were already standing there. Why should I chase this guy? And into the, it is just hilarious. Like, you just look up on, I don't know, Bleacher Report. Grantland yeah, yeah, yeah. probably probably got tons of YouTube videos like like maybe type Andrea Bart. Oh, this is a Canadian Canadian website we're on. You guys probably used to be Raptors fans, right? <laughs> like, 
Andrea Bargnani on D. It's, it's it's a thing of beauty. The thing is, I watched him play games this season where he just plays like. Did you watch the Miss Dunk? Game? No, yeah, oh, I did. <laughs> I've seen it, but I'm saying I've seen him play games where he just plays like a clown. <laughs> the Miss Dunk is so funny. He goes up for the dunk and he's just five feet short and falls on his face. <laughs> You can't, that would be one of the clowns. You games. cannot script that. That's yeah. like from the Globetrotters. Yeah, no, it was it was bad. Oh. But then I've seen, but but I've also seen him play. I mean, offensively, I I think he's been he's been very solid. I mean, His he's defense. destroyed the Cavs before. Look, when it was the good Cavs with LeBron James, yeah. just decided to hit every shot he wants to take. But I don't know. He's he's just a, he's just got seven foot tall shoes and like a red wig on. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. a clown nose. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I just don't get it. it. You know what is really crazy? The best Raptor is what Lowry, right? The point guard. Yeah, yeah. But didn't didn't Ujiri oh, offer him to you? Well, didn't well, whoever Lowry, he offered him to you in like the pump fake trade. But then like Dolan's like, oh, I'm not gonna let you please me again, Ujiri. But it was a sweet trade. Just wanted to see if he could get you to bite on a trade where he actually lost, and you guys didn't take that one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that Toronto's made many. Great trade. Are you kidding? No, no. Ujiri has made a bunch of great trades. Yeah. Their team is like the third or fourth best team in the East right now. They shipped Rudy Gay and they oh, shipped Bargnani, and their team is like winning 70% of their games. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what you want from them. They're the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> We're not talking about the Houston Rockets or the San Antonio fair, Spurs here. Fair, fair. Right? And then, like, you know. <laughs> He's just been. I, I, the, here's a, the problem I have with Ujiri being considered like this superhuman GM is like every single one of his trades is just fleecing Dolan, right? He just like tricks Dolan, and then it's like Ujiri, the Denver Nuggets again. Yeah, he got his whole lineup for Melo, right? Yeah, I, I, and I think most people would make that trade again from the New York side. Yeah, from the New York side. Do you think it did like, it very much to dramatically improve New York? I don't think so. I mean, there's other other factors that have hurt New York, but like, if you, I mean, if you looked at like the Simmons analysis of like trading for a superstar historically, uh, Bill Simmons analysis? Yeah. No, I've not. Yeah, I mean, he's just like every time you can make that trade, you make that trade. It's just but always... why does he think that? I mean, granted, Bill Simmons is not very good at basketball math. He's good at like That's narratives fine. and hype, yeah, fine. right? That's all I care about. Yeah, so, I mean. Most of the most of the analysis I've read says that it doesn't matter if you have a superstar or not. All that matters is if you win. Sure. Right. So, and if you win, you put a lot of butts in seats. Um, but speak. So, speaking of you know, like players that New York acquired, or even Cleveland or or, or L.A., which are like, you know, in some, some all huge markets for basketball. Right. You don't think of Cleveland as a juggernaut market, but they've got this all this casino money, and you said sure. LeBron James, uh, Phoenix Suns, right. Think of the last three superstars they shipped. The first one being Shaquille O'Neal. Yep. All-star season where he was by far the best shot percentage player in the league. Goes to Cleveland. Not just bad. Crippled and old. Yeah. yeah. Amari Stoudemire. The year that he exited. Yep. Best shot percentage in the league. Yep. Posting all-star numbers. I I used to be a huge Amari Stoudemire fan back in the day. Comes to New York. Degrades very quickly to the point he's a cripple. Uh, he's not though. With Steve Nash, immortal Steve Nash at 37, playing like better than most 25-year-old point guards will ever hope to play, goes to. So you're saying they've read an actuarial chart? 
I, I'm saying, but the thing is, it's not just that the players horrendously decline when they leave Phoenix, but they go from all-star status to, like, crumbling bits of a human being status. Like, Nash well, has could, barely been on the floor the last be, two years. That could also be system, right? Like... They're a run-and-gun system. They're, like, the most physical stress. But I'm saying, but, whatever, I'm saying but, but I'm saying maybe there's... Well, so, but that also could contribute, right? Like you, but they play like that for years. Like if you go, I don't if, get it. If, you go to, if you're on a t- pitcher on a team that has their pitchers start 220 innings, and you could throw 220 innings successfully every year with that team, and the next year you go to some other team that has a very structured pitch count, but then your arm goes out. Who's Where is I, that, where's I, that I'm stress just saying, coming like, from? You're talking about... Baseball. Three <laughs> players. No, I'm talking about three players, two of whom are very likely to be Hall of Famers. Sure. Right? Amari's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer. No, not at this point. But uh, all all had the exact same result coming off of All-Star seasons. That's that's not regular. I, I don't know. They, you think they just read an actuarial chart? I think they must have like some magic... Like, <laughs> Voodoo doctors keeping their like I don't healthy. I don't think it's that hard to figure out. I mean, the Stott, Stottlemyre is a little bit of a not not a freak oh, accident, but Shaq but Nash, is like the Nash, legendary Nash and, tank but Nash, Nash of and, basketball. Nash and Shaq were both old. Old. They were old in Phoenix too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But at some Shaq point, Shaq came to out. Phoenix coming off of being off of being on the championship right, squad. Let's, and, let's let's veer back towards Magic the Gathering here. Magic the Gathering. This game that we play sometimes. All right. Sometimes. So Alexander Hain, not the best player in the world, but pretty, pretty I mean, much in the in the conversation. I, I mean, think. certainly on, on on a list of Hottest players, player right a now. list of players that I'm really excited to see what they do this year. I would love to see Alexander Hain be one of the best players in the world. He seems like such a such a person that you would want to see that yeah. happen nicely for. Um, someone, I think call, t- someone called him the Canadian Owen Turtonwald. Speaking of Owen Turnwald, that guy is surprisingly good at thinking about Magic the Gathering. You know, there's, there's two skills, right? Playing Magic the Gathering and yeah. thinking about Magic the Gathering. Only Zvi Mashowitz has really been the pinnacle of both of those things. But, I mean, yeah, I've been Brian, shocked Brian at Kibler's how... Brian done a pretty good job of... You think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think... Yeah, he... like 65th percentile in both is a pretty good... <laughs> just, just kidding, Brian. 64th percentile. <laughs> uh, no, um... Yeah, of course, Brian Kidd. Of course, Patrick Chapin. Right? Yeah, These guys oh, yeah. are all... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking about top of the mountain in both. Sure. Okay? Very few players are top of the mountain in both. Okay. Right? Patrick Chapin, strong case being top of the mountain in one. Probably not top of the mountain in the other. Yeah. In standard. <laughs> a lot of their formats, but standard. <laughs> um, but, Owen, did you, did you read his article about free attacks? No, it no, no. Is that sounds awesome. stunningly good. Are you talking about just attacking like a two-two into a three-three? No. So his example was like I play like a one-three, like a, an omen speaker. My opponent plays what's the pe- the unicorn that makes mana the one-two guy? Sure. The uh, yeah, my oh, opponent oh, yeah. Tums, taps out for that guy. Right. He's like always attack. He's right. so like, do you know why? They'll never block. Yeah, it's just free point every yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Free point. So then, then um, he like, and then he takes all the time to explain why you make this attack and why it doesn't matter if they block or not. They're just most players are just not going to block, you know. They're imagining more bad things can happen than can actually happen. Your user man, all but they're even. I mean, it's not even. I mean, maybe something could happen. It's like a matter of whether or not you also want to commit your resources. Let's, let's yeah. just say you had a way to kill that unicorn. Yeah, you might not want to. You, you might just not want to spend your mana on that. But his point is that a player who has that card in his deck doesn't want to risk it in combat with an opponent. Uh, absolutely. So then he said, "Here's there's a, a different example. There's a point, and you really have to know that going in because once you've thought about the attack for a yeah. second." It's too late. So, so then he makes the second example, which is like, 
um, he's sitting next to this guy, and he, the guy plays a pack grant on turn two, and then the opponent plays the 03 carrioted that's hexproof. Seven carrioted. Yeah, so. And the guy's like, derf, derf, attack. The carrioted guy's like, all right, block. Then he's like, he's like, which is what that carrioted guy should do. He's like, it's like I had the same situation. He's just like, I was monoscrewed, so I only had two lands. So the only play I can make on the on the on the third turn is to make another pack rat. But instead, I just I like looked at my hand, like looked at my board. There's no cards in the game that could actually kill the carrioted from my board position, and I swung into it, and my opponent did not block. He's like the difference between me and him is that I got a point of damage. <laughs> it's like awesome, right? Because that guy's like derp derp attack, obviously. Like right. But like Owen just has this p- presence in his right. situation, and then he just like. Plays the second pat rack and goes with, with two lands in play, having done the point of damage, you know? Right. It's, and it, it's just like the difference between those two plays but is, I, is I, I don't, the same and obviously different. I don't think people have any idea how much information they bleed. They just leak all over yeah, the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hemorrhage even. Do you know who the masters are? The ones who leak out false information. Sure. It's so good. That was, uh, that was actually one of the, just bringing it back to Alexander Hayne, yeah. he talked about... Uh, winning a GP with Richard Hone and Micron a couple of weeks back. You know? One of the many GPs he won. Yeah, yeah the Triple H yeah, GP. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Um, Everyone knows about the Triple H so, GP. So he, you know, he became friends with Rich Hone after playing against him in a PTQ yeah. like in 2011 and then a couple of weeks later playing against him in the finals of Grand Prix Montreal. And Richard Hone was like, crap, Damn, this, this kid, kid's good. This kid's good. This kid's good. He's like, I could teach him a couple things about Limited. Yeah, but Richie used to be the, he was like the yeah, Anton yeah, of limited yeah, for a while, Yeah, Richie right? kind of took him under his wing. He's like, come sleep on my couch for a while. Yeah. Let's do a lot of, you know, make-go drafting. Yeah. Um, so Was Richie Kenji's trainer? Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> I think it's awesome, like, who, who is who's trainer, right? That, that kid, his trainers were Ishida and Richie, right? Who, Kenji? Kenji Samura. Kenji's, right? Kenji's trainers were Ishida and Mori. I mean, Mori brings down the... Yeah, well, I'm just <laughs> Brings down, down I mean, the like, average. <laughs> yeah, Ishida, you know... Listen, Kenji, what you really want to do is cut the fourth Tarmogoyf for a random cat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's what you want to... That's, yeah. that's your advocacy yes, right now. Yes, okay. yes. We don't need four Tarmogoyfs. We might accidentally draw one in our opening hand. Instead, we should have a four-drop cat creature that's 3-2. I don't even remember the name. Was it Miri something or other? Oh, yeah, I don't remember. Miri's top eight. I think, it's called Miri's, I think it's called Miri something around Three fucking Tarmogoyfs and a Miri. I mean, like, what? It doesn't even cost three. If it costs three, I'd be like, oh, all right. A four-drop cat? Three-two? I have no answer. Does it have some kind of insane number of abilities that I have would play no this answer. instead of... I have no answer to here. Anyway. Tarmogoyf. Going back to Richie Hohen. Richie Hohen. Uh, and I asked, I asked Alex what he, what he learned from him. He said one of the things that he really learned from, from yeah. Rich is how Rich would bleed information to his opponents. Yeah, that was wrong. By the way he tapped his lands. Yeah. Like, just like the idea that maybe, I, I, mean, I mean, I don't know how, we didn't get too in-depth in it, but like the idea that he would tap something and then untap it to leave something untapped or, you know what I mean, or just... What he was representing and was giving his opponent information that wasn't always true and that he could, to some extent, put his fingers up his opponent's nose and then lead him around the table. Yeah. Him or her. I guess him, because you wouldn't put your fingers up a woman's nose. That would be rude. I mean, it it would probably be cleaner. (laughs) I don't know. So, So, basically... But, but, but yeah, I think the point that you're making is... Ashita died, right? Yeah. Oh, so he can't... 
train Hohen. No. I'm sorry, he can't train uh, Hain on construction. No, no, no. I guess Hain's just going to have to rely on his own ability to win nonstop and, Grand Prix and Pro Tours. I'm playing Cytodex. <laughs> oh, you can just get a deck instead. from Cyto. Apparently the first round he played with that deck was round one of the GP. Sounds like Satan. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. turn one forced Satan to drink. <laughs> Long-time listeners know that yeah. Steve Satan won a Grand Prix without not without knowing how his deck worked. Yeah. And played against Owen Turtwald, who forced him to say how the combo worked, and Steve didn't know and had yeah. to concede. He got he got multiple rounds where he just went. Here are, my, some, here are some cards. And people just flash in my, flash in my protean Hulk or whatever the hell that thing was called. Whatever the hell it was called. And uh, again, shrug. And they could see me. So, but yeah. yeah. Of course, I tried to convince me that it was just expressly a good card without it. I mean, when it first came out in Ravnica yeah. Block, he's like, oh, yeah, Protean Hulk's the card that, that you really want. You get, it's like. I mean, it's, ob- it's obviously a. You know, you know, he was just thinking about card. it as like a, a value card. Like, you have this seven, it gets killed, and you get a six. Yeah, there's apparently some modern combo with it, too, now, right? Where you can just Corio's Vengeance it and find some combination of like Fanatic, Revel Arc, whatever, you know. Really? Sounds like a plan. We'll probably play the idiot mono green deck with uh, Genesis Wave. I love that deck. Yeah, I'm telling you, just play Merfolk. What do you, you think is getting uh, banned in Nothing. You don't think anything? You don't think Deathrite Shaman will get banned? Why would you ban Deathrite Shaman? Seriously. It's a good because card. You, because you're banned good cards. It's not even you, unfun. Because you, well, it's also a little unfun. I think you just want to, uh, because you want to maybe stop Jun from being so dominant. But Jund isn't even the problem. Well, what did you see as the problem? So birthing Pod is the problem. Well, then there. Birthing Pod could also... I mean, But you can't possible. ban these cards because... I mean, I, I guess you can do whatever you want. But it seems it, idiotic mean, mod- to me to ban to cards be, like Birthing Pod because it's in a good deck. Modern is supposed to be a format that is constantly changing. Then unban some cards. Unban Bitter Blossom, Ancestral Vision, Bloodbraid Elf, and Stoneforge Mystic and see what happens. Unban Jace. That you know doesn't, what? That doesn't. Seem you know what would be awesome? That doesn't seem safe. Unban Golgari Grave Troll, Ponder, Preordain, Stoneforge, and Jace. Let's see, Bitter Blossom and Ancestral Vision and Bloodbraid Elf. Valka's not banned anymore, right? No, Valka. I'm telling you, bad. this would be a riot of a pro tour because <laughs> you're giving Bloodbraid Elf and Stoneforge getting unbanned are clear signals to playing fair decks, and John will him, win. Can we give him but, Sword of the Meat too? Yeah, sure. <laughs> you don't want to. You don't make. You don't want to make the combo decks too too obvious. But I. But but unbanning ponder and preordain just makes John win. That's why I like it. <laughs> so Can you imagine if they gave John Finkel ponder and preordain back. How unfair that is. To the rest of I, mean, I know together. what deck he's playing. I mean, he might be it playing that matter. deck. He what? might be playing that deck anyway. Ban or unban? This. He's, he's gonna play. He's gonna play the blue red deck with no rituals. <laughs> I don't need any rituals. I'm John Finkel, right? <laughs> Uh, so the suggestion that came up... Top, t- top 16 Pro Tour Seattle with the version of the deck that had no rituals. Yeah, the right? Goblin Electromancer version. Yeah, he's just like, he's like, oh, they banned the rituals? I'll get there anyway. Uh, R- Randy suggested when we were talking this weekend on the uh, during the stream that you would... He, he could see Birthing Pod, Deathrite Shaman... Uh, and Splinter Twin all getting banned. Splinter Twin? It doesn't even dominate any tournaments. Like the, the idea being that you just want... First of all, you want this to be an exciting tournament, right? It's your yeah. pro tour. So you want people to bring new decks. You want exciting tech. So you want to clear out some room at the top of the metagame. The argument could also be made that Cranial Plating should be one of those cards. Oh, come on. Oh, 
mean, is that, is that okay. completely unreasonable? Name a li- let's look you and me. Let's just like off the top of our heads, take turns and name an exciting card that you can play in modern. Just an exciting card, okay? I'll start. Bloodbraid Elf is an exciting card you can play. In modern. What other cards are exciting? Scape Shift. I agree. Scape Shift's really exciting. Excuse me, is this your back? Yeah, I just want to move. Sorry. Uh, the thing about playing Commander. Um, okay. We're going to just be here talking fairly loudly the entire time. We're doing a podcast, so. Oh. Primeval Titus is an exciting card you could play. Sure. Just name, name an exciting card. Sun Titan. See, I don't think Sun Titan's very exciting. You don't think I, I, don't, exciting? I don't think it's in the theme of what we're talking Geist about. Geist of St. Traft. Yeah, it's an exciting card. Um, Any sword. Genesis Wave. Genesis Wave is a really exciting card. Primal Command. That's yeah. <laughs> the poor man's Genesis Wave. But pr- Genesis Wave is really exciting. Yeah. How about like um, Epic Experiment? Amulet of Vigor. Yeah, that's really exciting. <laughs> Have you played that deck? No. Oh man, that deck's awesome. It's exciting though, yeah, right? Yeah. Turn 2 Primeval Titan kills. Turn 2 kills? Yeah, you, you basically go... I want you to tell me the hand that's the turn 2 kill with a Primeval Titan. So, you go turn one, Amulet of Vigor. Yeah. Then you go turn two... This sounds like I'm casting a card, not killing with it. Turn two, you play a Karoo. Yeah. It untaps, you return it to your hand. Yeah. You have green one in your mana pool. You cast, you cast Summer Bloom. Okay. okay. You now play that Karoo three more times. Make six mana. You make six mana. You play Primeval Titan. Okay. You get... You get two lands. One of Is one of them a... Uh, one of them friend. one of them is no one of them is um, oh damn it I can't remember it's the red white land that gives haste it's like tap and yeah, red yeah. white gives haste it's that yeah and a uh, and a red white crew yeah and then they you, both come into play untapped. they both come into play they untap yeah. you tap them you attack yeah. with primeval titan and then you basically get like Vesuva and something else, and you untap it, you see a copy of your red-white land, and uh, you get, like, Slayer, it's Slayer Stronghold is the other one, and then you get the one that's, like, the double-strike land, something, and you kill them. It's really a kill on turn two? Yeah, it's, it's like, something like that. It's, that would it's be ridiculous. hella exciting. <laughs> it's, 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 a, you might, maybe, maybe that you need two... The amulets to do the turn two kill, which you can still. Do. Brandon Hurst will figure out the action. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's actually. Brent. I think you might need two amulets to do the turn two kill, but you can kill very. And you have Summoner's Pact, and Summoner's Pact's an exciting card too. That's an exciting card. Protean Hulk. <laughs> Protean Hulk. What do you think about Gorio's Vengeance? That's a card that a lot it of could be pros, very exciting. That's a card that a lot of the pros want to see. Working. No band. Band. Actually, they, a lot of the pros hate Gorio's. Well, they hate variants. Yeah. that's the thing. You, you know the old Aaron Forsyth quote, right? Whenever, uh, whenever pros are submitting cards for um, for uh, invitational submissions, they all say the same thing in different words. You won. If I'm better than you, if I'm better than my opponent, draw two cards. <laughs> they all say the exact same thing. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yeah, that would be exciting. What about Green Sunset? Is that such an offensive card? I don't think so. I love that card. I mean, it's strictly better than Land of War Elf, right? I think. I think that's if one you, of the I guess, is it if you got rid of? Then you're going to get rid of the stupid land. If you get rid of Birthing Pod, then could you keep Green Sun Zenith? Here's a problem: Green Sun Zenith. For one mana, it's better than Land of War Elf. Agreed? Uh, no. It, I mean. Yes. Why? Because you go get uh, the Dryad Arbor. Yeah, you get Dryad Arbor. That's it's literally better than 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 uh, Land of War Elf at one mana. 
I guess. The Land Orifice is like a five-star card. It's like a three-star card, right? Sure. Okay, I, so. I don't love dry. I'm not. A, I, I don't love dry. I mean, it's really good with green sun scene. Yeah, I'm not saying you should love it or not. I mean, I played in my commander deck. <laughs> right. So there's that. At two mana, it's awfully good. At two mana, it's a three three. Okay. Right. Given correct unvantage. Sure. Right? You get you get wild cattle. Sure. Sure. Two mana. It's so it's one mana. It's only one off. Two mana. It's a three three. Various and then seven mana. It's a prime. So prime. so so you are you are not in favor of 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 just. Banning cards and changing the format out. I don't think it. I, I think that why the what, purpose what's your, of what's your what's your objection to banning cards that are sort of if you want a, if you want a big format right modern's a bigish format right? right but there's there's a lot so there there are a lot of decks like you could cut there some are cards not a lot of decks that are serious contenders sure. that people want to play sure okay? but, but look at the profile but, uh, the of dr- players dr- who who do well with affinity nobody likes them okay I'm serious sure like um. You know when, when uh, when Mary made made the top eight of the Grand Prix with Affinity, everyone's like, "Oh wow, a girl made top eight. You know, like it was during the top. There was a, there was that stretch where Patrick Chapin pointed out the female Magic players were outperforming Hall of Famers at, sure. at premier level sure, events. Sure. They're like, literally, the answer that came out was, "Well, she was playing Affinity." As if playing Affinity means that you just automatically top eight a Grand Prix. All of us should be so lucky. Yeah, only if your name is Alex Magelaton. Do yeah. you see what I'm saying? Sure. Right. So, um, but nobody likes that, right? You have these big. You have these big so that's format a, that's showcase also, that's, also a, that's also a good argument for banning cranial plating. No, you want to have splashy, exciting stuff. Everyone but should that's have not weapons. A splashy, exciting, uh, you're, but you're saying your argument seems to be that that's not a splashy, exciting deck. It's splashy and exciting when the cranial plating comes off the top. When the affinity player looks like they're about to lose to sure. a superior force, comes off the top and they have an invasion. What, what That's happens, exciting. What happens if you you ban again? Deathrite Shaman, Splinter Twin, Birthing Pod, and what was the other card I was saying? Uh, it doesn't matter. So you, whatever you just ban, you ban three or four cards that are sort of from top archetypes, and your top eight and cranial plating, and cranial plating. and suddenly your top eight is a Dredgevine deck. A Genesis Wave deck, um, some some, Merf- you, some, some yeah, awesome. yeah 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 some Merfolk deck, a Bant deck, uh, you know what I mean like some Rafika the many. You think that whatever I don't know. <laughs> all of a sudden, Rafika the many is a viable strategy. Uh, 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 a uh, a Maze's End deck. Yeah okay. If, if, whatever Maze's End would be I an mean, exciting card you could play. Well, you could actually you could think about it. Think about it. You could scape shift. You could also how many, how many lands can you get with scape shift? Uh, here's here's the thing with Maze's End. You have explore. Yeah. You have the so new, you have two explores. You, you well you do. You have Kiora. Yeah. You have the Kiora. You have the new Oracle of Moldaya. The three four for one GG and yeah yeah the new Corsair. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, I forget. So I think something Corsair, right? Yeah yeah Cor- yeah something Corsair. And you have explore. And you have Kiora's follower. So like you could actually just like play my maces and untap my maces and activate it. Like you could start getting like double uses out of cards. Like I don't know. And then some fogs. This doesn't sound like a modern deck. Why not? I mean, well, it is because there's cards in there that are not legal in no, standard. But, I mean, you, just from the structure that you said, I mean, I could just see making a pretty good standard deck this way, right? Well, you can't play, you can't play Oracle or Explore though. You can play the Corsair, you can play yeah. Hero's Follower. I mean, I don't even know that you would play those cards in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're much more likely to play the White X Scryland. Well, there was a there was a Maze Zen deck that did yeah. well at the, the GP. Ninetieth place, right? Yeah, I mean, he made day two. Yeah, he made day two. He was 
you know, top 10%. 90th place is top 10%. Sure. It's 1,000 players. Shut up. In Vancouver? Yeah. Shut yeah, it was pretty, up. It was pretty big. Jesus Mike Christ. Was, Mike Guptill was very happy. Magic the effing gathering, man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, which also makes uh, KYT's performance even, you know, top top 1%. 11th place. Yeah. I mean, he. it's funny. He, I, I did I did the opposite of what I did the last time we had this situation. Remember when Josh Ravish made top 16 of Worlds and then I just crushed his spirit yes. constantly? Yeah, yeah. When KYT came crying to me about 11th place this week, I said, you did great. <laughs> I said, that's really a great accomplishment. A new kinder, gently. Are you going to cr- crush him now? You just got to look forward. <laughs> Are you going to crush him now? No. Okay. I, and it's freaking great. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very impressive. With yeah. rats? Yeah. I've been thinking a lot about just playing a regular deck since, <laughs> since we had that, that conversation. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever do it. Yeah, I know you. I don't I don't expect that you will. I mean, but it's it's very Because good. I care about how exciting things are, not just about not just sure. about winning, you know. Winning and exciting at the same time is what I actually care about. Right. You know? I don't want to do things that I don't think can win, but if, if and when I win, I would rather win in an exciting fashion. Sure. I mean, that's what, that's what something like Kibler does, right? That's, I think. No, he just likes whatever deck has Knight of the Reliquary. Like, I, I, I feel like he... I think he's playing I, this niche. I feel like he gets also, though, that he wants to not play a stock deck. I think that his reasons are like Steve Satan's reasons, which are basically, I want to be different, not because different is fundamentally better or worse, but because, you know, your opponents, your opponents don't have as much information against you when you're different. That can be a differentiating factor at some levels, you know. Whereas me and Patrick Chapin, we want to be different because we think our ideas are interesting. With you know, fundamentally, these are more interesting ideas and places to explore. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I would guess that my win percentage of the decks that I pick is not so far off of of good players of similar quality to me playing stock decks, but they probably have more variance, you know. Yeah. You, know, you have a lot of like ones and tens and fewer fours and fives. Probably how it is. Yeah, and that, that actually makes for memorable performances, right? Like you have a deck like Innovator Dragonstorm, where it had so many high performances in yeah, one turn. Yeah, and then yeah, and then never again. By the way, the best deck name ever. Gasino. Yeah. Um, Patrick says it's called Innovator Dragonstorm. That's not what the deck name is. That's what Patrick says. The name. It's not what the Innovator deck name. Dragonstorm. Not, not if you look at the coverage of the official website. It's called Gasino. <laughs> Gassing old good deck name, Innovator Dragonstorm, a name that serves Patrick's needs. Serving Patrick's needs is high on Patrick's list. I understand. Not high on mine. Anyway. Um, so I was really, really impressed by Alexander. Canada just posted such a... KYT's website actually just posted awesome... Yeah. John, awesome John, John Stern. John, John mean, Stern's the real deal, too, it yeah. looks like. He's really good. Uh, when he when he won that Grand Prix last year, I just assumed he was going to lose to Raptor. They were like, they were like, oh, mirror match in the finals. One of the players is Raptor. I was just like, <laughs> like you know, Stern, Raptor's pretty much the best constructed player in the world. Stern, at that point. Stern's been around forever, and I mean, you know, like in the last year, as a ninth place in a Pro Tour, right? Like ninth or tenth place. Uh, I think it was at Pro Tour Gate Crash. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just he's 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 really good. Uh, also, he and Hayne now have. Alternated Canadian national champion for the last two years. Mm-hmm. So Hayne was national champion during the year of uh, Pro Tour Avatar Stored. Uh, Stern was the national champion last year. 
You think it's one of the, where they just trade off? Do you think anyone's ever going to give it up? Well, I mean, you know, the the top four battle, they, they played each other in the semifinals. That was, you know, winning that was a pretty big deal. I mean, Stern... It was, but they're teammates, though. Yeah. That's like a bragging rights. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely know? a bragging rights thing. I mean, so much stuff had to go right for Stern to get into that top eight. Yeah, so, like, but first it all, all did. So, first of all, he's playing Huey in the in the last round. Oh, I didn't know that. I would have cheered so hard the other way. <laughs> so, he's playing Huey in the last round. He is... Uh, Huey... He uh, Stern has three losses. Huey is X2 and 1. Oh, so Huey's probably like, can't you just be a pal, right? <laughs> Huey like, kind of gives him the shrug, you know. He's but, like, come on. But what Stern, was Huey playing, blue-white? Uh, Huey's playing blue-white. Huey's playing <gasps> and then he lost to a black deck playing blue-white? Oh, playing, my God, Huey's probably just... He's playing... Uh, <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. style. Mikunio style. So he's Maybe like, if you had a way to win, he would have been able to get that. <laughs> so he gives him the shrug, you know, like... Mm. But on. Stern needs the pro points. Right? Yeah. Stern's... You know, every, you know, he's trying to get to platinum. He's trying to lock up for next year. Um, of course, he is a lifetime free roll. So, the one of the other matches that's playing, they can shake hands, right? And they can just—they're both X and two. They can just shake hands and go but, in. But if Huey wins, yeah. one of the guys ends up in ninth. So they got a battle. So they got a battle. So they're like, we'll battle, and then if they're done first, you know, maybe we'll oh, draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Huey loses. We bring the camera over. Yeah. We're covering the other match. They Those don't guys know that play- no, no, they know. They're right there. They know. Okay. They're but uh, the guy who had been in—I can't believe I didn't watch this. The guy this who must have been the best. The guy who would have been in ninth place if he had, if if yeah. he played out the other way is up a game, right? And the other guy's like, and the other guy's about to lose game two. Yeah, and he's just like, he's like, so draw. And yeah. The guy's like, show me something that looks like a win. Yeah, <laughs> from you, you know. And then I'll I'll think about you know the draw. But otherwise, I gotta. Like if he wins, because no, he gets positioned in the top. He gets eight. right, yeah, yeah. And he ended, he ended up, he ended up winning, and then getting through to the finals. He lost, he lost, he ultimately lost to Stern. Yeah, but position in the top eight. I mean, he ultimately is lost to Hank. Yeah. But position in the top eight is worth like a thousand dollars. He ends up being the third seed, and he was on the play in every match for yeah. through through the top eight. So it was, but it was like. Like so much stuff. So I they, would have been so pissed at myself if I lost the blue white well, like, against black match like, though. And there, people, and, there pe- and there were people who dropped at X and three. Like it was right, you know. So like, so they they're doing the announcements and you know Toby Elliott, he's like, uh, you know, thirty nine points, you know, Sperling yeah. and this and you know thirty seven points, and he reads off a list. It gets to seventh, and he's like, and in eighth place <coughs> with thirty six points, and you hear the whole room go. Ooh. <laughs> you know, because when was the last time someone got into a top eight with X and three? At a GP, it's been a while. I don't know. I didn't even get the top eight in New York, <laughs> U.S. National Championships at X and three. <laughs> so yeah, um, so it was pretty. It was pretty exciting for Stern to, to even be there. So uh, you watch a lot of blue white against against black matches. I did. So I watched said, a lot of blue white against blue white matches. A lot of blue white versus mono blue ma- matches. A lot of black versus no, mono blue, blue matches. Has, blue white is the edge against black and blue, doesn't it? There's like sure. a trump card in both matchups, right? Yeah. Supreme verdict. Supreme verdict. I mean, supreme verdict's awesome against both decks, and Sphinx's revelation is insane against black. Yeah. Right. Well, like, so so we saw the black decks actually shutting it down with Erebus. I mean, ish, right? You, you oh, don't I'm get saying the we, life, saw, we saw but, it happen. Yeah. I'm saying it was. Oh. Just, <laughs> we saw it happen. You know, like, ah, well, it depends, Erebus. though. Like the the version that has that has more offense has a little bit more interaction there, right? Sure. The, 
the do nothing deck actually has a hard time getting Erebos off the table, right? Yes. It's a right, really it's, hard time. It, they got to swing into an Azorius. I mean, charm, which the, these guys don't even play for Azorius charms anymore. Yeah, they, and they've got the detention spheres, but honestly, they're they're really using the detention spheres up on underworld connections. Really? Oh yeah. They, well, what do you want to do? You want to let that deck just sit there and draw? I outdraw you every turn. I until actually you think that Blue White is one of the rare decks where Pithing Needle's pretty good. Right, so sure, but they, but they because they have like all the small exchanges. Sure, if you like small exchange like a divinate. It's the only deck that's I, just like divination into into this. It's actually a pretty efficient play. Every other deck, you're playing Pithing Needle. You're it's like a waste sure. of a card. I mean, but you the watch, small exchange you decks watch are, the mono, mono black players. Yeah. Though that's just still like one form because they yeah, diversify but, their underworld. But connections. shutting down their one for one is actually pretty important because right. this, the other deck is like think about it, the other deck has divinations and, and Sphinx's revelations and potentially and obviously Jace. As well as potentially uh, elixir of immortality, as long as the other guy is not getting a handful of thought sees, the blue white can do whatever it wants. Black tech actually has to beat them. I mean, if, if the critical card is like um, dissolve against Grey Merchant of Asphodel, I know which side of that fight I want to be on. Sure. Okay. Like it's dissolve against Grey Merchant. And but it's then, not dissolve against Grey Merchant. It's Dissolve against Thoughtseize into Grey Merchant. Right? Yeah, but like, if it's a, even if it's Dissolve against Thoughtseize, yeah. like I actually I'm fine with that one too, right? But actually, so I don't, are they, I think. actually I'm not actually I don't even think that that's the matchup because I almost feel like it's Thoughtseize against Divination, and Divination wins the fight between Thoughtseize sure, against Divination, sure. and Dissolve way wins the fight between. Inter- interestingly, between though, Hain's deck no Divinations. He's using Scrylands. Yeah, has a lot of Scrylands, yeah. right? Yeah, well, the Cyto deck has all. Threats instead of yeah. divination, and can also and can also goes. I guess vaguely, uh, he was. was he, he has Hain, like eight guys in the sideboard. Hain also had the the dark betrayals in the sideboard. I think. Yeah, because he has black scrylands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is I thought I thought pretty sweet tech. Except for Luke, I think it was Lucas Cio said, if you're going to play dark betrayal, you might as well just play far and away. I was just like, shit, that's so much better. Because <laughs> <laughs> you were going to dark betrayal the six six, right? Wouldn't you just rather far away the six six? Like, how insane is far away against, like, a pack rat? You're like, lift the token, sack the rat. And I, I tell you... What I do you saw, think about this, brother? I saw a lot of split cards getting used this weekend. But far and away in the blue-white deck? How about, have you seen Flush Blood in the red-green deck? No. I mean, I've seen it. It's, so this guy goes... He's like, got a uh, Gore Clan Rampager in play. He's like, attack with Gore Clan Rampagers. But it's like... Block. Block? No, like, no, no, take no, it's no, gotta he, be the right answer. Whatever, whatever. Oh, and the guy, he's like, he's like, bloodthirst with a gold another gold rampager. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, you know, you take six or yeah. five or whatever you take. He's like, by the and way. And he's like, by the way, blood. Yeah. Take another eight. He just like kills yeah, him. Yeah, by the way. By the way, take 16 yeah. off of two cards. You know, you know what that, those kind of decks never work against? An Azorius charm. Yeah. <laughs> turn, turn and burn also looked very good this week. Really? I don't like it. It's so expensive. Yeah, people were turn and burning uh, bosses. Yeah. yeah, it's good when it's good when opponents are investing in hyper expensive threats. Sure. Like it's it's great against like I don't know. It's good against indestructible blocks. It's especially if they're blocking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're blocking me too. <laughs> um. I mean, it's not bad if they're attacking, right? Yeah, yeah, Just make it yeah, small, block thing. with your guy, and same then, like, thing, dug their yeah, yeah. Combat, combat, yeah, combat seems very... Pre- like, in general, just combat attack. just seems terrible Just for don't gods. attack or block. Yeah. It almost seems like you just want, want to keep them turned off. So I was thinking about this. What about this deck? So, I mean, somebody brought this up to me on Twitter. 
and, I, and I, my answer actually is this is a different deck. But if your deck is like Assemble the Legion, Porphyrus Elsbeth, what do you think about that? Like, you're just like Porphyrus setting up Assemble the Legion, setting up Elsbeth. Like, offensive, like, depending that's, on where you're. That's your, the big Boros deck, isn't it? Like, I think it's too slow for it to be like a legit strategy. Like, okay, what do you think? Like, how are you going to set this up? Only Scrylands? It's, you, your strategy is predicated on getting to four alive and then consecutively tapping for fives and sixes. Right. You, like, even using Scrylands is a precarious strategy to get here. Right, well, that almost works against you. Too. Yeah, but you need something to facilitate your draws, right? And it can't even really be, can't even really be Chandra. It's like Chandra's the same spot, right? Right, right. Like, I, think this is, I, I feel like it could be an interesting strategy, and at the same well, time, I'm I mean, just like, this is like a huge amount of mana. Isn't, isn't that the deck that won like an SCG Open two weeks ago? This strategy? Porphyros, Porphyros. Assemble the Legion, and Elspeth? I, you big, can look. Big Boris. I will give you the dispensation to look this up. I, yeah. So I, I was not paying attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's kind of an interesting strategy. Yeah, no, it's Big Boris. So someone, someone, someone won a Grand Prix trial with it, too. I can find it from the Grand Prix trial. Go find it, What's up, bro? What's happening? So I, was, uh, I was talking about this on Twitter a little. I was, a player was uh, suggesting it as a... It, it's hard to keep track of all the decks. There's, so, there's, too, many, there's too many big tournaments is the problem. Yeah. Um, what? Are you, you're, looking at, you're just looking at Haynes win. You, oh, I told you, I told you it, was, it won a Grand Prix trial. Oh, got it, got it. Day one, blow. The blow, it's not like a dog. Dog. Do you remember Deep Dog? We should start the blow. The blow. Uh, let's see, Grand Prix trial winning deck lists, demons, aristocrats. Car Young Tom? One. Yeah, he won a trial. Blood Barons, Mutavaults, Cloudfin Raptors, Boon Satyrs, Cloudfin Raptors. That's what I thought. Cloudfin Raptors. Raptors. Oh, here we go. Travis yeah. Black, what do we got here? Only 25 lands this 25 guy. lands, yeah. Boros Reckoner, Chandra's Phoenix, two Porphyros, two Stormbreath Dragon, four Young Pyromancer, Assemble the Legion. Chain to the Rocks, Lightning Strikes, Magma Jets, Mizzy Mortars, War Leaders Helix, Chandra Pyro Master, and Elspeth Sun's Chain. Oh, so there's like one or two copies of a lot of these cards. Oh, whatever. I was thinking that this is your strategy, you know? Yeah, but this is the way the way you get to those cards is, is by, by lightning strike like by or buying turn like one you just helixing so, and magma jetting and overloading of museum mortars and so we're getting near the point where I'm gonna have to actually go home okay but I, I want to leave the the listeners with uh, what I've been kind of playing with on magic online a little bit and I, I think you'll is like it, this is it modern mazes end no standard deck yeah so the shell the original shell is actually a green based deck with uh with uh karyatids. But I actually am not. I'm wondering if it might be just be better at the blue-white shell, uh, which is a lot of lands. And the basic thrust of it is that it has a it has a, a modular endgame. So this deck includes three Mistcutter Hydras, two Assemble the Legions, two Blood Baron of Viscopa, all these different colors, right? Because like you just you, you customize your end game to whatever deck your opponent is, right? Okay. So like if they're mono black, you have Blood Baron, right? Or if they're white weenie, you have Blood Baron. If they're mono blue or blue white, you have Miscutter Hydra. If they're mono black, you have like you, you have this like after sideboarding, you're like four assemble legion, four Blood Baron against mono black, right. which is like an unbeatable end game for them. And how, how are you facilitating these all these different cards? Scrylands, Prophetic Prism. Is that the name of it? No, you can, Prismatic Prism. Pr- yeah, there's Prophetic Prism. Pr- there's, Pr- also, Prism. there's also Nylea's Presence. 
Which one yeah. is that? That's uh, green one, enchant land. It becomes yeah, all basic sure. land types. Yeah, the, the the green version I had just had caryatids, but like okay. these aren't difficult mana. Sure, mana well, these presence also draws you a card. I'm okay, so it's, it's like the opposite of a spreading seas. So I was actually thinking like when the new when the new set comes out, we could just play like a base blue deck and then just use the scry lands and and uh, prismat. Prophetic Prism to just get whatever. Because you only need one green to cast to cast a Miscutter Hydra, sure. right? You only need one black to cast a, to cast a Blood Baron. You only need one red for an Assembled Legion. But it's kind of interesting, right? Where Maybe it's it's ass backwards because at the point that you're casting some of these expensive cards, like you're just going to win. But, I, but I've had so many games where, like... But if you get to that game state where yeah. you can cast well, it, you probably won. I was playing an attrition game against, like... You know, playing an attrition game against, like, another control deck. And then, you know, we exchange, change, 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 change. He plays, like, a big card, like... I cast an Elsbeth or something, and then I like dissipate the Elsbeth, whatever, uh, dissolve the Elsbeth, untap, then like play a basic land, run it through my my prophetic prism, and then just cast like a miscutter hider for seven and attack. But they just pack. It's also against red decks. You're just like change, exchange, change, 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 change. You're like miscutter hider attack. And they're just like, where did this come from? Like, you know, I've been playing against, like, Detention Spear and Azorius Charm, and then all of a sudden, there's a 7-7 seven, seven creature hasting right. me. And they're, like, just desperately throwing out, like, an unkicked Rakdos Cackler. <laughs> the deck was shockingly good against, uh, against like, aggro decks. I mean, maybe it's just the structure of both the decks I played. Like, one of them has 0-3 blockers, and one of them has, has like, you know, baseline blue-white defensive cards. But the, the, it's probably easy to predict what the bad thing about the decks. Like the, the mana coming out is quite inconsistent. There's so many scry lands. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought, you're going to post this deck less in the show notes? Um, if I remember. I, but you know, I'm really going to remember post the recording of Alexander Haynes saying those nice things. <laughs> I keep forgetting. We don't, you know what we don't do? We don't be like, go by decade. <laughs> by oh, decade. You should go by decade. By decade. By the official Miser's Guide. That's what Alexander Haynes was talking about in that quote. <laughs> Um, all right. Anyway, thanks for listening to our okay, podcast. And then, uh, next, next week we're going to do next, next week we're going to be doing Born of the Gods all discussion week. all week. We're going to brainstorm from decks, talk about the different colors, talk about the locations for standard, modern, limited, commander, commander. Yeah, we're going to talk about right. commander. Well, from Uncom- whether you like it or not, from Uncommons, New York City. I'm Michael J. Flores. I'm Brian David Marshall, and I'm sorry, Andrea Bargnani. <laughs> but the Knicks are better off without you. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was funny when he got injured people were like maybe they won't have to play, pay his contract if he dies and then Brooke North was like well actually there's laws or <laughs> damn it All right. bye everyone hi this is Pro Tour champion and rookie of the year Alexander Heen to prepare for my miraculous victory at Pro Tour Avison Restored I began without touching a single card I read tons of Mike Flory's articles on mindset and theory The idea of a product where Mike gives you day after day of mindset-changing advice seems like an extremely valuable resource that any aspiring pro should take advantage of.